Well, welcome to Gorilla Discipleship. Again, I'm your host, Kevin Baker. It's great to be with you. Uh, Tim and I are coasts apart. Uh, Tim's still on the East Coast, and uh, I'm out on the West Coast uh, for uh, a gathering of, of other disciple-making pastors. And so we're coming via uh, a recording and Zoom today uh, with you. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. And Tim, thank you so much for giving some time. We're a, we have a three-hour difference, so we're trying to figure out how to get all that together. So we've been walking through the seven sales of disciple making. We, we've been talking about what it looks like to create a movement. We've said that uh, we've got to be focused on God's word. We focus on that primarily by reading it, obeying it, and sharing it. Then we talked about multiplying prayer. That means my prayer life is constantly increasing, and I'm getting others around me to increase their prayer time. Prayer is the is the um, secret sauce of movements. Prayer goes before everything that we do without prayer. Uh, all of our efforts are really meaningless, and so we need to continue to multiply prayer. Then we also talked about um, casting vision, and uh, we we talked about how we're casting vision to believers. But but what do we you know how do we do that? And we we talked about some variety uh, a variety of ways to do that. Then last week we talked about training believers and how do we actually train believers to feel like they're ready to be used of God, to be a disciple maker in the world, to be ready for spiritual conversations, to be spiritually obvious, uh, not to be obnoxious. Today, we're going to talk about going out uh, among people of the world, or as we say sometimes, going out among the lost, that is people that are far from God. Now, I grew up in an era where, uh, and and maybe it was just me, but I, I, I don't think it was just me, where the primary thinking in the church was um, that we we needed to get people converted. We need to help people to accept that Jesus is the truth, the way, the life, that we needed to help them come into a relationship with Jesus, and then we were going to disciple them. So discipleship, in my uh, understanding, for most of my ministry was we did a, the majority of our disciple-making happened through the church in the church. Now, what didn't mean it was in the building, but it was, you know, it was in small groups or or wherever. So it could be happened, but you sort of wanted to get people into the church so that then they could grow in their understanding of, of Christ. Let me just see if, Tim, that's uh, kind of where you, uh, where what your thinking is, and we'll compare and contrast where that is. How did you think about discipleship? Yeah, I mean, so... Thinking of discipleship differently pre-church planting uh, was very similar to kind of that. That I grew up in the church. My father's a pastor. And so before my church planting experience, I definitely would say, yeah, you know, just invite someone to church and the pastor will disciple them. Or um, if you're not comfortable, if you're not ready, if you don't think you can, at least you can invite or throw someone in your car uh, and, you know, let the pastor, let the trained people do the work. Um, it's kind of probably what I would have given an answer is just throw more people in the church, the more the merrier. And what did church planting tell you? Yeah, so that was a whole different thing because uh, I did a parachute church uh, plant where they just put you in the middle of nowhere uh, and say, go do it. And so what I kind of quickly learned between that and the books and my personality and through kind of the call of my life at that time was that you can't just like if you build it, they will come, especially in today's society, especially I was in a college town, kind of a what I'd call like a post-Christian context. You had to walk alongside people. Uh, many of the people we were purposely trying to reach were considered lost or unchurched, uh, de-churched, if you would say. And so you had to disciple them before you could ever even invite them to church. Uh, I said uh, not too long ago, 
it was kind of like you were discipling them for the sake of getting them into church. Uh, and this uh-huh. whole DMM thing is more about discipling people for the sake of the kingdom, not discipling them to get into church. And so um, it wasn't a huge paradigm shift for me per se, because I was making friends with a lot of people, connecting with a lot of people um, with the hopes of, uh, the, of having the opportunity to be spiritually obvious or to um, lean into a, a more meaningful conversation. And and so, Tim, let me ask you, In I, I love that. I think what's involved in discipling someone? I mean, what do you think of when you say we were discipling them to get them into the church, or we were discipling them now to get them into the kingdom. What do, what do you think of? What do, like if I said, hey, give me the five things that you do that oh, you know yeah. that help me know I'm discipling someone. Yeah, I want to know if I can give you five off the top of my head. I'll give you okay. maybe the one that's the most obvious, and then the one that's maybe the least obvious. <laughs> Those okay. are the first two that pop up. The one that's most obvious is is are you like having intentional faith development with them? So are you intentionally okay praying with them or reading scripture with them, um, talking about their stressings, their blessings. Are you in, creating carving out a time where we say our purpose together is to gather for this, um, whether it's planned or impromptu, right? That's kind of, that's, that's very like the obvious, like we're gathering to read God's word. Great. Hopefully there's some sort of discipleship there. Uh, and hopefully you're being sharpened by sharpening them too. Even if you are the more mature Christian, as we like to say, hopefully it's going both ways. You don't just see yourself as uh, a teacher who can't learn from the student. Um, but the least obvious way um, is just being around someone uh, and the, I don't know, going through the daily motions of life and spending time with them, whether it's a baseball game or the gym or grocery shopping or setting up for an event and just having those one-off conversations or those those teaching points or those aha moments where you're, um, I don't know, walking through a Walmart parking lot and someone asks you for money. And you either give the money or you don't give the money. And then you look at them and say, well, do you think we made the right choice or didn't you make the right choice? And like those just unplanned teachable moments or those unplanned experiences where you they can watch you or you can watch them. And um, you it's, you just couldn't you couldn't teach in a classroom. And those are the parts that are hard to recreate because it's, it's just a product of spending time with someone. Um, and the more you spend time with them, they'll see how you interact with your family. Um, they'll see how you interact with your spouse. They'll see how you interact. And then they'll hopefully say, I want to be like that. Or why did you yell at your child when you said it's, we're not supposed to be quick to anger, you know, and then that creates a different kind of discipleship. But yeah, yeah. I think that's like the ob- one obvious and the one least obvious or the one that they don't teach you in seminary or Bible college. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. You said uh, that basically when you think of disciple making, if I heard you right, that it's faith development, you're helping someone else mm-hmm. develop their faith. Which and and really, then then the example that you gave there is to do it in real life situations. To I think it's First Corinthians eleven verse one. I can't remember. I mean, I'm not sure if my memory's right on this. Where Paul says, "Follow me as I follow Christ." That whole idea that they people need to see what discipleship looks like in a day to day context. Like I need to know, and that's the way we are taught. A, a lot of socialization happens that way, right? We just are around our parents. We figure out what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. We get, we do something that's inappropriate and our parents go, don't say that or don't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and we learn in real life situations. And so part of the um, problem, I guess, with the way we've been doing disciple making in the church is it has been removed from real life. It's been an academic pursuit around just getting the concepts of the Bible without the application of how do I live this out 
in real ways uh, amongst real life situations. So I, I really, I really love that. And I, I think for me, what I'm, what I would say has changed for me is that uh, instead of asking people to immediately trying to trying to convince them that Jesus is worth trusting uh, with their whole life, right? It's like you know, you got to give, you got to surrender your whole life to Jesus that that really needs to come as a process of trusting him in one thing at a time. I I got a call uh, today from one of my nieces who is struggling with uh, several things. She started by talking about a, a personal struggle, and then she was talking about a struggle in a friend's life, and both struggles were massive and, and huge. And I think she called because she was struggling to understand where's God in the midst of this? How do I respond? In fact, at one point, I think her her thought was, I, "Is here's what I'm feeling. Are these feelings bad? Is, is this a bad thing that this is the way I'm thinking or this is the way I'm feeling? And those are, as you said, those are conversations that happen best when there's trust involved, so I can be honest with you. But they happen a lot of times uh, along the way of life, along the way of going shopping or or you know, walking, taking a walk or whatever. And um, so that so that's good. So what we're trying to do as we train people is to get people to be, and that's that's why we want the, them to be spiritually obvious, is because if you hide your spirituality, then you can do everything that Tim said. You can spend time with people, but they never see how you interact. I mean, they see how you interact, but they never have any context for why you're doing what you're doing yeah. or why you yeah. chose to do that. So we've got to be a little bit more in fact, we have to be a lot more spiritually obvious and even be um, bold in creating spiritual conversations. I loved what you said there. Uh, you know, hey, uh, we were confronted by someone asking for money. What do you think we should do? Why? Let's talk about that. What's the right thing to do there? That is Jesus's model. It, it's, it really was uh, how he dealt with the disciples. They asked questions about why did you not say that? Why? Who, who was, you know, at fault, this man or his parents for his blindness? I mean, those were just everyday circumstances. So when we say that we're trying to get church people or believers, disciples who are already people who are already disciples to go out into the world, what are we asking them to do? Uh, my gut response, because this is kind of how we always do it, is uh, I don't think we're asking people to necessarily on a regular or a daily basis to switch up your routine, but to switch up your attitude and intention of what you say and who you say it to and why you say it. Um, so if you're someone who, I don't know, goes to the dentist every six months, or I don't know, that's not a good one, right? You're someone who maybe goes to the barber every month, right? Are you continuing to build upon the relationship you've already built with your barber once a month? You don't have to see your barber every day. That'd be weird. Once a week, maybe if you're kind of high maintenance, I don't know, right? <laughs> but are you continue to, to build that that uh, intentional relationship with them in hopes that that relationship will like, continue to blossom? Are you willing to be more than just surface level with your barber um, and lean in and see how far you know God will go and how they'll go? And, and maybe that door closes, maybe it opens. I think it's just um, being willing and, and, and desiring to see every relationship have the potential to um, to to be blessed or be honored by God. When I was church planting, I had this mentality uh, and and I think we could kind of tweak it. Uh, I had this kind of aha moment where I was like, literally every person I encounter on this, uh, in this day, 
um, whether I'm walking down the street, going to a gas station, stopping in a coffee shop, it could potentially either um, be a person in my new church or lead me to a person in my new church. And mm. my motto at mine has kind of shifted to every person I encounter could either uh, become a disciple or if they already know Jesus, become a disciple maker. So every yes. single encounter has a potential. Um, and it's kind of like that seed, that like little DNA. You don't know what whether that little seed is going to grow into a giant like mustard bush or it's going to be like a little tiny like, I don't know, peony or marigold, right? Um, and so you just continue to plant every little seed that you see in everyone um, and see what seed grows in your time frame and in your care and 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 just, I don't know, see the potential in everyone and uh, not waste any opportunity. Um, and I'm not saying you have to like uh, pray with everyone or uh, tell everyone Jesus loves them when you encounter them, but you ha- still have to uh, do <laughs> still be obvious. And, and, and I think doing it over time um, is more beneficial than these just one-offs. So I, I, I don't know, maybe that that's just my first instinct. It's all over I the think, place. I think what I want to draw out is what you didn't say. And, and I think what you didn't say is what most people hear, even when we don't say it. And that is, there was nothing in what Tim said that said, get a signboard and a bullhorn, right? Don't, you know, he didn't say anything about standing on the corners. In fact, what I think I heard Tim say, and I completely agree with it, is there's not a lot that you have to do to adjust your schedule it or even what you do. It's more of a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. It's, it's altering that instead of seeing all of my day as about me and my schedule and what I've got about seeing every interaction that I have as the potential for a disciple making experience. It can be a once in a moon kind of thing, somebody I run into in the store, or it could be somebody as, as Tim said, a, a, a dentist, a hair, a barber, whatever that I see on a regular basis. But those, you don't have to go to special places. Now, I think we should set aside some time where we specifically are saying, hey, God, I, I want to care for people. So I, I want to, I'm going to go to where people are are struggling and, and I'm going to give, you know, an hour of my week at least to be prayer walking around my neighborhood just for the sake of, of opening my eyes to what's going on. But for the most part, every day we're around people who are far from God. We don't know who they are, but if we're not spiritually obvious, then they don't know who we are either. And so part of it is we're going first by trying to be more upfront and more obvious about ourselves, but we don't change our day. We've got coworkers that don't know Christ. We may have family members who don't know Christ. We may have uh, carpool people, uh, people on the metro. I mean, we're around them every day. So I just want to emphasize that that most of, of us, I think, here, oh my goodness, you're asking me to go on the street corner. No, we're asking you to live your life the way you've been living it, you're already out in the world, um, or at least most of us are. Let me just say, most of us are out in the world. Now, I, I will push back even on, on this myself and say, and I'm going to ask you about this, Tim. We, I have had people that I've done training with, and they're like, you know what? On a day-to-day basis, I don't have that much interaction with people. What would you say to those folks? Uh, I would say... Do you have social media? <laughs> Are you on Facebook? Do you have family members that you call or talk to? Um, I mean, and I would say it that way because it's definitely a God thing you said that. Um, I think a couple of months ago you said, hey, challenge us if we're not going to use social media to pretty much get to glorify God, to pretty much get off it if it's not good for your mental health. And so I really wanted to, to lean in and I've always wanted to be spiritually obvious on social media. And so I took that as, all right, like I'm going to 
increase my spiritual presence on it. And just today I posted something about it being the anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombings and the, and Waco. And tomorrow is the anniversary of Columbine shooting and all this stuff and how formative and how it really messed up. I feel like my generation kind of watching that in the 24 hour news cycle. And at the end, I said, you know, I posted a thing about um, real peace and who it comes from. And Jesus's quote about if you, um, you know, I give you peace out of this world. And I said, Hey, if you're, I don't have any anxiety or depression or any of this kind of stuff that most of my colleagues have, because my hope is in something other than greater in this world. If you, mm. if you need something, um, just message me. And I did that, you know, kind of just out there. Uh, hopefully someone read it, got a few likes. I don't do it for the likes. And literally I have a friend's brother from high school who reached out to me about an hour ago and said, can I talk to you about Jesus? So like, wow. yeah. Um, and so like, even if you don't encounter someone, we are so connected um, that you can just drop little breadcrumbs, even through a phone call. Uh, I even heard, I think we had a realtor come up and share a disciple making story a couple months ago. And Someone called them and they were the, the person on the phone was uh was kind of giving them an attitude or was really irritated. And I think it was uh I think it was Sherry uh who said it and said, Hey, can I just like pray with you? It sounds like you're really struggling. And and she's like, Oh, sure. And it completely changed that person's day, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah. you still interact with people on the phone and family members and social media. Um, and if not, you you always can. So I would say you might not be out physically, but you still we're not in 2023, we're, we're no longer have this excuse of being you know disconnected we all even grandparents know how to use zoom and, and uh facetime and wechat and things like that people even yeah. in um you know sub-saharan africa are messaging oakdale through these things so it's not like it's like that's a barrier anymore so that's good i i love that so it's not just the interactions that we have if you're working from home or you're a stay-at-home mom uh you know you don't your your interactions are maybe more limited but are as tim said are you on social media but I'm just going to say also, if you're isolated enough that you're having very little conversations with other people, that doesn't seem to reflect the nature of who Jesus is very well either. So maybe there's something even in us that I have to say, why am I, why am I not having more interactions with people? Jesus, you know, the, the, the greatest command is to love the Lord. And the second is like it to love people uh, as God loves us. And so the, this, this, amazing reality is that sometimes we get so inwardly focused that we're not having enough interactions with people. Now, for some of us, we're we're having interactions all day long and we're not making time to allow those or we're not giving ourselves the right, as you said earlier, Tim, I think perspective to say, hey, every single encounter has the mm -hmm. potential to be a disciple-making encounter. Mm -hmm. and, and then just to pray about that. Hey, God, I mean, it, what if we all started every day what if part of our training was to ask people to start every day by saying, God, help me today to have every encounter, to be aware that every encounter is a disciple-making encounter, and, and open my eyes to see what you're doing. Yeah. Help me to be bold. I, I actually, that's actually part of my daily prayer is I go through my calendar and say, God, be with every single one of these interactions and the ones I don't pray for. Help me to, you know, to see the potential in each person. And, and I, that's awesome. And I yeah. think the reality is that... As you said, we're we're kind of just sowing seeds. It may not be that a whole lot happens. They may be somebody that we never see a, a, again. Uh, on the other hand, it may turn into a, a wonderful conversation. Who knows where it's going to go? Our responsibility isn't so much in how it's going to go, in being, but is in being available to be used of God in those situations. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So next week when we get together, Tim and I are going to talk uh, about what is it, 
that we let's say that someone and we're not going to answer this today. I just want to kind of whet your appetite for it. So we've talked about uh, part of after we have trained people to be spiritually obvious, to figure out how to move conversations from casual to meaningful to spiritual, to offer prayer as a way to open doors, all of those things. We've now said, hey, begin to see everybody in your day. In other words, just see yourself as a sent person. Mm-hmm. See yourself that every day you're not in the world trying to earn a living only. You're you're a sent person by the power of God's spirit and the love of God that's been revealed to us in Christ. You're a sent person into the world to be a disciple maker in every ordinary conversation. If But what we're going to talk about next week is let's say that someone really latches on to you, like what just happened with Tim today, where he used social media, and then someone said, hey, can you talk with me about Jesus? Next week, Tim and I are going to give you an answer as to, or we're going to talk a a little bit more about, what do you do next? What's the next step with someone who's like, I'm interested, help me, I want to talk more. That's where we're going to go, and Tim is probably going to have already had a chance to talk with his his, uh, best friend's brother or whoever this was, friend's brother. I I call anyone who I met a good friend. So it's a a friend from high school's brother, but I know him well. So Okay, so we're going to find out how that goes. Uh, we'll we'll ask Tim if I can remember uh, what he, what exactly he did. What were the next steps? But we want to talk about next steps because I can guarantee you this: God has commanded us to be disciple makers. Therefore, God will open to opportunities. You you're, you may think, oh, no one, I'll be rejected. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to find that people are more spiritually hungry than you thought. That this, how have you missed all of this all this time? Because people want to know more about what it's like to know love walk with and feel the experience of of uh, knowing Jesus in their life. So, we're going to we're going to talk about that next week. Tim, do you want to add anything as we close? No, I'm I'm as excited to uh to see where this goes cuz now we have like a a week by week follow up of what could yeah. possibly happen. That was definitely God's perfect timing. If we That's were to record awesome. earlier like we normally do, this message would have never happened. So, praise well, God for these, that. Well, this uh, <laughs> bi-coastal uh message is is helping us out. So I think next week I'll be back in town and Tim and I'll be back in the same room together. But Tim, thanks for connecting with me. Thank you all for being a part of Gorilla Discipleship. Share this with a friend. Would you Would you just send one link? Uh, I mean, send a link, uh, this link to someone and, and who knows, maybe that's the only thing God's asking you to do right now is to just link someone else into, if this is helping you, if it's not helping you, then obviously I wouldn't say send it to anyone. But if you're finding this... Uh, helpful, interesting, uh, invigorating in your own thinking, then please send this on. Uh, Just let somebody else know this is what you're listening to. As always, you can reach out to Tim and uh, I for resources, help, or if you have questions, tparker at oakdale.church for Tim, kbaker at oakdale.church for me. Thank you for being here. God bless you. And uh, we'll see you next week with some great stories from what's going on through Tim and his best and his friend's brother. God bless you all.